Hello, my name is Jason and welcome to DesignCast. It's a podcast where I interview a wide range of guests and ask the question, how do you design education? Why is this important? Students all learn differently and need varied teaching methods to be successful. It is more important now than ever to accommodate and personalize education for all students as much as possible. I use my 25 years of experience as an educator to ask questions and to learn about the exciting things people are doing to provide for all students and their unique perspectives. Each episode, I chat with guests from all over the world, from classroom teachers, authors, consultants, and beyond. We chat around a range of topics that we feel are important right now. Will you join me in this journey to learn and grow together? If it's your first time here, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to check it out. If you like this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, and download from your preferred podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by new listeners. Also, please use the hashtag DesignCast when discussing your thoughts and feedback on your favorite social media platform. Check out my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to connect with me. I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, so let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the Season 8 premiere of DesignCast, and I am just so completely humble and fortunate to have had some wonderful interviews and recordings and guests over the past couple of months in preparation for Season 8. I'm just so happy to be able to share this first episode, which will really have you laughing and enjoying the discussion about fulfillment and the discussion about how designing educational experience for students is a lifelong pursuit. So this first guest for season eight is Levi Allison. And Levi grew up in a small town in Kansas and he had dreams of traveling the world. So he attended the University of Kansas and obtained a BA in music education. His love of music inspired him to join the Marching Jayhawks, the school marching band, during his four years at KU. Immediately after university, Levi took a leap or a plane to begin his international teaching career in Kuwait. An upbeat and fun person to be around, teaching is a calling from which he derives immense happiness and fulfillment from and the success of his students just absolutely fills his soul. Levi takes pride in his in-depth knowledge of musical concepts and inquiry-based lessons and is passionately driven to help students achieve their dreams. He inspires students to be innovative, integrating lessons with student choice so that they may achieve their hopes and dreams. Levi currently teaches at Chadwick International School in Songdo, South Korea. It's an Ivy World School, and he teaches general music within the primary years program. If you want to get in touch with Levi, his contact information is in the show notes. And without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this chat with Levi. 
Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and I'm absolutely humbled and so excited to have Levi Allison with me. Levi, good evening. How are you? First of all, thank you, Jason, for inviting me here on DesignCast, and I am doing very well. Weston is over there sleeping on the couch, enjoying a nice evening in the warmth where it is very cold here in South Korea. Yeah, Weston is your absolutely gorgeous golden retriever. He's absolutely beautiful. So he's one of my favorite four-legged friends. And so thank you. Um, thank you. My boys miss him tremendously. So <laughs> I know I know Weston misses a lot of his friends because a lot of his friends have left and he's rather bored. So he's looking forward to getting home at Christmas. Oh, I'm sure he is. I, I can't wait to see him again soon. So Levi, listen, you and I've been friends for a while and I <laughs> really appreciate you you taking some time to chat with me. And so as I have been kind of re- imagining what DesignCast could be about, I've been thinking a lot about how educators have a part to play in designing the educational experiences for the people around them, their students, and how they make learning more rich and enriching to those students. And so I want to hear a little bit about you. Could you introduce yourself and then give us just a little snapshot of what you do to help design educational experiences for students? Of course. Happy to. So I am from the Midwest in Kansas in the United States, went to a family alma mater, University of Kansas. It was my dad's favorite university. So that's what I had to do. I had to go to that one. So that's what we did. And I had a massive amount of student loans and I had a lot of friends go overseas and I thought, oh, that's in school. So I went overseas. 10 years later, we met in South Korea and it's been a journey of ups and downs and twists and turns. You know, we... I think you had the longest support of getting me to start a podcast. <laughs> so it's been an amazing journey. It's absolutely been just very wonderful and thrilling to see the support that's out there for educators and see all the learning that's available for us all on Twitter, on LinkedIn and so forth. And that's just a little bit about me. Tell me a little bit about how you, first off, design your lessons so that you can include as many students as possible into the learning in like a, a music class in elementary school. Well, that is also, you know, coming from the journey standpoint that I was talking about earlier, when you where we're from a music classroom, there's a textbook, there's seats, you're sitting, you're reading, and that's how we learn music. So when I went to school and I realized that music was such more of an experience and an engaging activity and you're it's messy. Kids are creating. And I had no idea what that was. So there had to be a lot of learning, a steep learning curve for me. And then I jumped into the PYP, which is an entirely different way of learning than when I was shown and growing up. And so then there was another steep learning curve. And so what I found was that music was so much more than just something you read out of a textbook. It was an experiential place where the mistakes were not only available, but also wanted. We, I want students to make mistakes because the thing that happens after that mistake is a beautiful moment of, oh, wow, I really am good at music. And I truly believe that everybody deserves music in their life, regardless of talent level, because there's a beautiful quote that says, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. It's something I've, I've latched onto my entire life because I wasn't the most talented. I wasn't the smartest individual in the class, but I, I always worked hard. And my dad always had a saying, whereas you will never outwork me. And that's something I always continue to think about. So when I'm thinking about a lesson, you know, my entire idea is getting those kids to be as successful as 
possible and making a moment for them. So when I designed a classroom, I really believe in the fish philosophy. It's a very simple thing. It's the four pillars, you should say. It's, It's be there, be present, play, make their day, and choose your attitude. I really work towards you know, being present in the lesson, making sure that they see that I care and making that I want their answers. I want their questions. I want them to feel safe and to make their day. And that's what I really hold my lessons toward them is being successful, showing them that they can do it and making their day because it's something we've all know 10 years from now, that student's not going to remember that lesson. They're not going to remember the content. They're going to remember how you make them feel. And that is what I immediately do because where we work in Asia, music is such a high level competitive thing. When we walk into a lesson, now I've worked in two different schools on two different countries. And when I walk into these these classrooms, I immediately have students telling me, I'm not good at music. I don't like music. Music isn't for me. And it has been my goal ever since of the way is to break down that stereotype that regardless of talent, like I said, you can enjoy music and you can be musical. And it doesn't have to be the next pop star. It doesn't need to be the next classical musician. So when we look at designing this, we're creating entry points of variety levels. Some students are going to be able to enter in a very basic level of what we call beginning level. And some students are going to enter at a very high level. And so when we're thinking of different activities and different lessons and questions, I'm trying to get these students able to enter at a way that most makes them challenged, but also excites them to continue working towards developing their skills and content. I love that, man. Thank you for sharing that with me, Levi. I mean, I... I have walked past your classroom with students in it uh, countless times and seen the joy and the excitement of them when they're doing, whether it's singing or playing musical instruments or banging on a drum or doing whatever. (laughs) It's great to see. And I know that you love to even take kids outside and enjoy being outside. So what are some of the things that you do that are not really what we would call like traditional classroom activities? I love that you asked this because we just did something and I was super proud of it. It's one of my activities and I've never understood where this idea came from, but I just, one day I had it. We, I love T charts. I love double T charts. I love graphic organizers. I think they're super helpful in getting students to think about them. And I love scavenger hunts. One way for grade one, I had students, we're looking at different pitches and we're exploring highs and lows and the mediums and going through that. And I was having trouble getting my students to realize that high sounds are not loud sounds and low sounds are not loud sounds or soft sounds. And so, and it's a bit, and that is a usual misunderstanding and that's something we talk about and everything. But anyway, I had this idea of having students go on a pitch scavenger hunt. And so I gave them a mallet. I gave them a double T chart and I said, high sounds and low sounds. And they went around campus tapping everything in between and then listing all of the different sounds that they found. I loved it, and I might be a little bit biased, but I thought it was really wonderful because then when they brought back all this information and all this data, we had such beautiful and rich discussions about the world around them and music that was around them. And it didn't have to involve the greatest composers. It didn't involve expensive instruments, but it let them be very childlike and see that there's music around them. So that was one activity. Another activity that absolutely and joy is just taking simple chalk out and going into the sidewalk and having students create music in a way that works for them. One time last year during a beautiful summer day, I had students create hopscotch games based on rhythm. And I was blown away by how engaged and excited they were about a simple 
little hopscotch game about rhythm that was you toss a beanbag, they jump on it, they read the rhythm, the other guy comes on. And I was just like, wow. And I never would have thought of that. You know, I was always, I would have always thought like number one rhythm, number two rhythm, but this way everybody got to be involved and it was an idea from the kid. I'm sure those are very memorable experience for the students. And so thank you for sharing the, the way that you include more students in your everyday practices. So Thank you for that, Levi, and and I, I'm you, sure you've got a thousand stories you could tell me and everyone else about these kinds of things, but I want to ask a little bit about what you mentioned very briefly earlier, and that is your podcast, because I know that you're heavily involved with creating content, and, and that includes a, a podcast. So can you tell everyone a little bit about your podcast and like what made you want to do that and what you're what you're doing with it well i want to and stop right there i didn't want to do it i had a very <laughs> very good friend from georgia who pushed me for half a year to start this and his name's jason Reagan. no i for seriously mm-hmm. from may to december you were like pushing me so hard to start a podcast and then i was like fine <laughs> we'll start and we'll see what happens and then it's been such a beautiful journey and i've i've had some amazing experiences with people that I really admired and find inspiring, such as yourself, my dear friend, Tony Gilchrist, my friend, Kevin O'Shea, all these people that you and I, we walk the Twitter halls with, I like to say. Yeah. And so, yes, I started a podcast. It's called Recess Duty. I thought about, you know, the things that I love about what we do and the things that I love, and I know you love this too, is talking to educators about education. I love to chat with this. This is one of my favorite things to do. And I wanted it to be like those two teachers on the field during recess duty, just chatting, sharing ideas, what went right, what went wrong, what are we going to do next? How did this work? How did not work? And that's what I wanted. I wanted to create an environment of collaboration for teachers across the, the gambit. So I've tried to make it as enriching and as safe as environment as possible for people listening and people coming on. And it's been an amazing journey. I absolutely loved it. We're on episode 32, I believe, with uh, Megan Gless just came on. This amazing teacher, new teacher, a friend of ours, actually, who now lives in Thailand working at Prim. And she was talking about the amazing literacy that she was doing and involving students and creating content standards together with students and creating goals. And it was just beautiful. And I I really love hearing those stories because every teacher has hundreds of success stories. And I think we really need to, you know, listen to those success stories a lot more. Your podcast is very well produced and created and uh, you've got a good vision. And thank you for sharing that with all of us. I think that if people aren't listening to it yet, they should. It is one of my favorite. It's on my listening queue. So I do enjoy oh, thank you. doing that and, and listening to you. And so you also do some other kinds of content creation. What kind of stuff are you into right now? I had to step away from a little bit of the podcast this semester due to like some things happening in uh, personal life and working with my little pup here. And so I started working on creating resources for teachers who are new to the PYP or looking for questions that they could ask to help develop students thinking and creating graphic organizers and to help them. So I have this wonderful friend who's a graphic designer. I'll do some sketches on paper and then she'll turn these into really wonderful graphic organizers. One of my favorite ones is uh, I created, I love hitting students into groups and I love creating what I call super thoughts. So I basically, it's this giant piece of paper that are in four quadrants and in the middle is a big bubble. So every kiddo gets their own quadrant and then has to rotate it add on to it, rotate it, add on to it, rotate it. So every kid writes on every quadrant, adding their ideas to all it. And then at the end, 
all four, three, two children have to come up with a super thought. What is the big idea that you're talking about? And they put it in the middle and that's what, that's how we reflect on it. This has been such a, another really up and down thing of listening to what do educators want? What are some ideas that they're looking for? What do they need help for? And really putting myself in their shoes, because as a music teacher, I'm not going to tell you how to teach math. I can tell you some ideas, how to get kids engaged, but I'm never going to say this is the way. And I really love having, listening to some colleagues far and wide about what they need in different subject areas and different questioning routines and so forth. And so that's been one aspect of my content creation that I've been very proud of. Well, I've loved enjoying the journey with you, Levi, and I know that it's you're going to go great places, and I can't wait to continue to follow that journey with you. And so I really appreciate you being on today. I will make sure that we include all of your contact information and following information in the show notes. Yes, please do. Please do. Um, and so I just wanted to ask you one more thing, and that is if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? Oh, this is a good question. I think I should add this to my podcast. <laughs> you heard it here first. If I had to go back in time, what would I tell my younger self? Oh, there's so many things. But if I had to pick one, I would honestly say to really not listen to the noise around you. You know, I'm very much of a, I come from a, a family oriented, very community driven place where it is a very collaborative, very homey feel. And I, and I'm always looking towards, you know, making sure everybody's comfortable, helping everybody. And that is one thing that I really pride myself on. But on the flip side, I am constantly worried about how everybody is perceiving the environment or me around them. And I would really like to tell my younger self, you know, it's really great to be empathetic and sympathetic, but when it starts to cause you mental distress, we need to really make sure that we're listening to the right kind of noise. And that is something that I personally have been working on in the last few years and to, to really see where is this noise coming from and whether or not I can actually do anything about it. So I did tell my younger self, really, you know, pick the noise that you want to listen to, but you don't need to listen to all okay. of it. Okay. So have a noise gate, do the filter, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. That's a, that's a much okay. better way. Like a, what's it called? A bouncer? What is it? At the, that's at the club. Is the it? people that check all the yeah, clubs the or club. something? Yeah. They check to make yeah. sure you meet all the criteria to enter the club. So you need a, exactly. you need a mental bouncer? We, <laughs> we need a mental bouncer to help each other keep on track without mental that's, distress. That's I, I never saw that going in that direction. So as usual, Levi, you have surprised me yet again. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, you know, got to keep you on your toes. Well, listen, uh, this has been great. We could record a long format podcast, I'm sure. But I think that um, this is just amazing what you're doing. And I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I Thank will you. make sure to include everything in the show notes about how to either access your materials or to get in touch with you. So thank you so much for your time, Levi. Of course, more than happy to be here with you, buddy. Thank you for being a loyal DesignCast listener. Without your support, this would not be possible. As a loyal part of my professional network, I want to share with you an exciting event that will be happening in January and February of 2023. I'd like to invite you to an upcoming series of professional development workshops, or PD Collective, organized by Classipy, a New Zealand-based global education organization. 
The Class of P PD Collective is a free, high-quality, online professional development workshop series that aims to bring together worldwide experts and leaders in education, all on one platform. The focus is on uniting teachers across the globe so as to ease the process of international collaboration and make an impact on international education. I'm humbled to share with you that I am one of the key facilitators at this event. I'm presenting a session on the topic, Universal Design for Learning, and we're going to be doing a deep dive. And that's going to happen on February 4th, 2023, at 10 a.m. India Standard Time. Along with me, there are other prestigious keynote speakers and facilitators who will guide you through the progressive learning workshop model with productive sessions followed by tasks that will allow you to explore the Classipi platform in more detail. Please mark your calendar and save the date by registering for this event by visiting the link in the show notes. I'm looking forward to this two months of learning with Classipi, where we learn, grow, and collaborate with educators across the globe. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. Again, I'm Jason. I am the creator and host and one-man band when it comes to this podcast. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. And please share it with your colleagues and friends and help me network with those folks who you think will benefit from listening to this podcast. If you own a company or you have connections where you would like to partner with me in this podcast, whether it be sponsorship or product reviews or any other possible services, please reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes and I cannot wait to hear from you. I only do this because I love talking to people and I love sharing my passion with all the listeners. So If you are interested in possibly being a future guest, please reach out and get in touch. I can't wait to hear from you. I really want to hear about how this podcast and its guests are helping you become better or to enrich your lives. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, be good to one another. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode. 